Tweet Talk episode 41. Slit. In, in, in the mix. Hey, hey, hey. We in the mix. Are we on the air? Tweet what it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganer himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. This podcast is brought to you in part by investatheteam.com. We have created the official merch of Generational Wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates, exclusive collection available at investatheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. Yeah, hey, uh, COVID-19 is in full effect right now. <laughs> the new world order is in effect. Right. Times are changing. Life is different. But we're still trying to get to this money. So we're trying to get to this money. They said you got to wait. They're like, bro, like you can't, you can't be selling stuff during coronavirus. People have family members that are dying. Yeah, I know, man. But it's like, what do you want people to do? Like put life on pause? Can't do that. Yeah. I don't know who these people on the internet think they are. They think they're like the the wealth police. Right. The wealth so, popo. Are you trying to um, profit during a pandemic? You know what? The the crazy part about it is other cultures, they're going to get it, man. They, they ain't over here like too good to make money during any time. I never forget. And I was reminded of this when Kobe Bryant passed away. And like the next day, just random bootleggers are out there selling Kobe shirts. And then those people had so much success, the more people showed up. They turned the whole corner into a swap meet. Everybody out there flipping Kobe shirts. I put out a sale for the Black Men in Building Wealth Conference. And somebody was like, it's too soon, dude. Too soon. And uh, I, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, sometimes the community can struggle because there's certain things that we just think are taboo. And when I was growing up, I used to always feel that way about sales. Like to me, I thought people who were out there selling stuff were broke. I thought the people that like were actually like actually out there trying to get you to buy their stuff, I thought they were like the bums. Like, and then you start to realize like, like Chris said yesterday, he was like, how you make money is you sell stuff. Either you sell stuff or you work for somebody who sells stuff. And I realized that is so true. It's like, you can only work so many hours, but you can sell as many widgets as you want. It just happens to how many they want to buy. Like the sales going to keep coming. I, I've, I realized that a lot of like, I think even as recently as this weekend, I was like, bro, like I did a day and I did like a crazy number of sales. And I was like, you could have worked eight jobs, not made as much money as I made in one day. But it's like, it's only because I chose to make my money by selling something as opposed to just like working really hard. Let's work really hard and work a bunch of hours and work overtime. Like, you could work your fingers down to the bone and somebody will outdo you just by selling something. Yeah, so kind of like uh, Master P always says, get yourself some product. And he knows too, Master P, like, you got to have product. You got to have work. You got to have something to sell. Like, it's so true, 100%. You got to have product. And I'm thinking, I'm like, man, like, what else am I going to sell after this? I got to find something. So I'm constantly trying to think of different things. It's like, do I want to go into the bag business? Do I want to go into whatever? But you got to find something to sell. And e-com allows you to do business globally. So, huge job. Right, right, right. And you said, you had a tweet saying, if losers are hating on you, congrats. Yep. 
I, I just I, I feel like losers don't like winners. And what I realize is, is a lot of people they think that they're losing for things that are outside of their control. And so we just we exist in a culture of people who think that like you're either gifted with wealth or you're gifted with success or you aren't. And if you aren't, you can never get it. And that's like the complete opposite of what, of what America is. That's why immigrants come here. That's why smart people stay here and flourish. And so I've just realized that like there's going to be people that are, aren't going to agree with what you have going on. They're not going to support it. They're going to hate on it. But it's only because they don't believe that it's possible for themselves. So it's like I support what Chris is doing because I think it's possible for me, too. So it's like I'm not going to hate on you because I'm like, you just show me what I could do. I only see success as what's possible for me. I'm never like, oh, he making too much money. He's doing too much, too good of stuff. It's like, bro, like you just kicked down the door. And the crazy part about it is there have been instances where I've actually made more than Chris because I didn't hate on him. I just studied him and I helped him. And you know what happens when you help people with success? They help you. So Chris retweets my, my stuff or Chris posts my stuff on Instagram and that's get my, that, that gets my sales up. So because I chose not to hate, because I chose not to slander somebody, he helps me. The same thing with Jay Morrison. I got a call with Jay Morrison coming up. I've been talking to his people the whole time because when people are slandering Jay Morrison, I'm like, I'm actually supporting Jay Morrison. And so what I told people before is like some of the best people to get in your side are people who are already successful. So instead of hating on them, get them on your side. Because if you're hustling and you got the support of a successful person, you can't lose. Like, and, and a lot of times that, that, that support for you comes after you give support to them. And almost every instance that I've seen it, when me and Andre started kind of being friends, it's because I supported him. And a lot of people, they see somebody successful and they're like, oh, he already has enough money. He's already successful. He don't need my help. I'm like, I just want to get in the space. I told somebody, I was like, I'll go work for Don Peebles and I'm not going to work for free, but I want to get in the space. But if they, honestly, if I had the opportunity to go work for Don Peebles, I'll work for free. If he wasn't going to pay me, I'll go work for free because getting in the space is invaluable, man. It's invaluable. And also, if you get in the space and you provide value, you're going to get paid your worth. It always happens. The girl who came into my DMs and said that she wants to help me respond to my DMs, what she offered me and the value that she provided allow me to pay what she's actually worth. And so a lot of people, they talk themselves an opportunity because they, they, they put their value too high. And so their value is so high that they price themselves out of opportunities instead of just getting in. Like, I didn't have to pay me. He had to pay me anything. I just did it out of the love. I didn't ask for nothing, nothing no kickbacks, nothing. I just, just gave value. All right. So you said some of us beg for affordable housing and some of us create it. Some of us want... No, I know where you're going with that. And I feel like it's kind of my motto. I was, um, I posted something on, I forgot what it was, on on Twitter. And I was talking about the vacant land that's near me. And I was right. like, there's huge, huge opportunity in this land. And some smart guy was like, they're probably just going to build more warehouses over there because the city only cares about zoning and they only care about making money and making revenue. So I think that... Um, I just, I just feel like what I found is there's people who just don't see it. And so I tweeted something. I said, like, if you can't see the vision, the vision isn't for you. The opportunity isn't for you. And like, you gotta, you gotta create what people can't see. You gotta block out what people, what people are going to stay in disbelief against your vision, because there's always going to be people, always people, even in your own family who don't see what you're, what you're striving for, but they're going to be there when the party, when it's party time, they're always there when it's party time. They might not believe in the vision in the beginning, but they're going to be there for the party. And so, like, it's, it's kind of just like the penalty of leadership when you're somebody out there, because it's like I always tell people that wealth comes through creation. I was watching Star Wars and this guy created a whole universe. And I was like, that's why he's successful, because he created a universe. 
He didn't go and say, I'm just going to try to be the greatest whatever. He didn't copy somebody else. He got wealthy because he created. And so I'm at a point now where like, that's what my next product is going to be. It's whatever I create, because that's where you have an advantage. You have an advantage in your vision. You have an advantage in like, that's what real estate development is about is looking at this land, seeing what it's zoned as and saying, I don't care what you have it's zoned as. I think I have a better way to get it done. And that's how people make a lot of money in real estate, where people have a set idea of what this thing is and what's the max value. And you go and you flip it. And so they're over here, they're selling you the land based on you building a warehouse. And I'm like, well, why can't I build a housing on top of a warehouse? Like this valuable real estate. That's what Donald Trump did back in the day. Donald Trump, and this is kind of where I got the idea from. I get a lot of ideas from books, is he bought the piece of property based on what existed there. And then what Donald Trump did is he bought the air rights from like the Tiffany that was across the street or next door. The air rights allowed him to build up since he was building up. And I think we talked about this on the store. That's all 100% profit. You're not paying for the land at that point. You're only paying for the structure. And so your margins increase. And so I'm just over here like, you know what? Even if they want warehouses, we still got to build housing because what is in demand? When you're doing something, what is in demand? When you're doing a real estate, you got to look at what's in demand. Like, what do people want now? They want affordable housing. They want housing that makes sense. Housing that's going to allow them to have a lifestyle and still pay for rent and still pay for their mortgage. These days, people are paying, and we see it all the time. The articles are saying people are spending over 50% of their money in whatever. People are spending over this and that. The money comes to the the solution. The money comes to the person who looks at a problem and says, I'm going to find a way. And what I also realize is that a lot of the reason why we don't have affordable housing, we don't have these affordable things is because the person that owns that warehouse and the person that runs the city and the person that owns that apartment, they all be chilling in the, in the country club and they're all on the ends. They're like, bro, like you can't ruin what I got going on. We homies, we both rich. <laughs> if you put affordable housing, that means you're going to ruin the housing that I just built down the street. And I got a lot of debt on that property. And so that's why people are able to come into industries and disrupt them because they don't know anybody in those industries. And guess what? I don't know anybody in those industries. So that means I can come and I can do whatever I want to do. I can come in. I can say F the, F the whatever they're doing. I want housing that makes sense for people. We're going to find a way to make it work. And I'm not offending anybody. I'm not making anybody upset that I know because I don't know. Them. And so I think that that's important. It's like, that's how people disrupt stuff. You got like wealth comes through disruption, even in the options course. I went online. I saw another person's options course. She was selling hers for 750 bucks. The reason why I've had success is because the value prop is there. I sell you something that's worth a thousand dollars for a hundred bucks. Everybody has a hundred bucks. That means I can sell it to everybody. That means that it's always a win. Every time somebody posts, I made a thousand bucks. I only paid a hundred sale, 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 sale. So I'm going to make my money in volume. I'm like the Walmart. I'm making my money by selling a bunch of something for a little. And I saw that in Chris. I was like, Chris, this dude's giving away four courses for 40 bucks and he's making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. So there has to be something to it. I've tried doing the whole, let me price myself at 500 bucks. Cause that's what I'm worth. People who pay a lot of money for education. They don't want to do that. They're like, I'm not going to teach you how to make thousands for a hundred bucks. That's crazy. Then you know what I know. Then you can stunt on me. I'm not in the stunt competition. And the crazy part about it is as they stunt, I stunt right along with them. I didn't lose the knowledge because I gave it to you. If you light another candle, your candle isn't dim. Right. And I think that that's just kind of where I am, man. Shout out to Tweet Talk for allowing us to do this. Yeah, you, you, like you say, you don't lose anything, man. Lighting somebody else's candle doesn't diminish your, your light. So that's got to remember that. I mean, so it's nobody can take away your special sauce. Yeah, we got you. Yeah. 
So you said um, they hate on everything that is not like working for other men. I just, man, every time somebody has success, it's always somebody coming out of the park talking about it's a scam or talking about it's this or it's that. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I have an, a vendetta against like hating ass motherfuckers. And it's people who don't even realize that they're haters. And it's tough for me to really explain it, but I just see it too often and it's frustrating. Like every time somebody like, like even just as recently as today, people are over here like, I heard Jay Morrison shutting down the fun. Like, oh, it's shaky. Or, and then people are like, oh, well, he shouldn't have done this. He shouldn't have done that. And I was like, everybody can tell you how to do it, but they never did it. It's like, if you, if you are so wise, you do it. But I can understand why Jay Morrison wants to get out of that space. It is annoying. Like, I think it's cool to do it and start out, but I'm at a point now where I don't even want anybody else in my deals. Like I told people, I was, I'm going to buy everybody out. I paid out about, I bought out like a third of the people like two weeks ago. And quite honestly, I had to bought them all out. It wasn't going to be comfortable, but I was like, we just going to be in it. Now we're just going to be, you know, we're going to be out here owning everything. And, and we still have people that are down and they understand the process. But it's like, if they don't get it, they got to go. And that's what Jim Morrison's dealing with is he has people who don't get it, but the way his fund is structured, he can't kick them out or he can't buy them out. But I'm of the I'm of the mindset is like you gotta go. But I'm also the mindset that if I do deals in the future, I'm not doing it with people who don't get it by default. And so what I'm realizing is that if somebody can only invest a small money in your in your business, you gotta assume they don't get it by default. There's a reason why there's accredited investors and there's non-accredited investors. And there's a reason why they have all these regulations and laws. And so unfortunately, we wanna believe we can close the wealth gap and help everybody else. And all you do is get yourself frustrated and get put yourself on a bunch of under a bunch of pressure and stress and frustration and getting crazy questions and people who don't want to do any work in the first place. So it's like it's easy because people they'll do they'll ask you questions, but they just want you to do all the work for them. They're like, oh, I need tax information. Oh, I need this information. I need a contract, but they don't want to do any. I need property management. I need to, we need to fill this unit. I'm like, well, you manage the property management. And people will come in, they'll do a little bit of work and they'll go because that's the thing is like there are certain fundamental principles that allow somebody to become a big enough person that also makes them a great investment partner. Are you still going to find some accredited people who are headaches? Possibly. But I've just found that statistically going the non-accredited route is more hassle than it's worth. But I just feel like as a culture, we tend to kind of, and maybe it's because we've been brainwashed to think so, is like, if it's not clocking in on a job for somebody else, we don't trust it. If it's not like getting a paycheck, it's like, see the guy say, it's like some people wouldn't recognize an opportunity that wasn't attached to a paycheck. And so they're like, oh, if, if, if you're not working a job, then you broke. I'm like, if I wasn't working a job, I would work all the hours of the week at my max capability as opposed to giving this job the hours that I get. It is frustrating to work a nine to five when you've seen what you can do on your own and you've seen how fast you can make money on your own versus how they want to pay you. Like, it's just frustrating. Say, for example, you're Chris. Like, Chris, he has the ability to make 40 grand in a week. Mm -hmm. If you can make 40 grand in a week, why would you want to make $1,000 in a week and then work more time doing it? I'm going to go give you 40 hours to make $1,000, $2,000 when I could have made 40. It doesn't make any sense. So, let's say 
if you were to just commit every single week, that means you're making $40,000 a week and you're just going to take the loss in the two grand. I said something earlier this week. I was like, a lot of people think that jobs, they, they stick with jobs because of safety and security. Not realizing people are getting laid off every day. It's people we just talk to, people that we know on the timeline who are like, yeah, I got laid off. So now I got to find a new job. And I'm like, wow, like folks legit out here losing jobs. I'm over here like if I fall, I'm going to land on a bunch of money. Give me that unemployment. <laughs> if I get unemployment, I'm basically self-employed. They don't give me a six-month head start just to hustle up some more money. So, man, I just, I just feel like as a community, as a culture, we, when it comes to business and investing, are immature. And it wasn't always like that because we used to be some bosses, man. We used to really get it. We used to have businesses. We used to have home ownership. And over time, we've been dumbed down. So music has done it. Movies have done it. Entertainment has done it. And it's just made us a bunch of slaves. And I think it was by design because they make more money when we work for them versus when we have our own economy. They make more money when we work for them and we pay them for everything. They keep all the wealth then. It's like Dr. Claude Anderson. He's like, the white person has his income and your income. You go into him, you're spending all your money. So it's just, it's just, it's unfortunate because I try to get people to see it, but they're so indoctrinated with such ignorant information that they can't even see it when you present it to them. They're just like, oh, that can't work. But then there's been people who have listened to me and in two years they're like, I thought you were crazy at first, but now I get it. And now they're out here winning, out here dancing in the rain. I told people, I started this wealth Twitter stuff. I've been talking wealth Twitter since 09. I didn't just start doing this. I didn't just start being LLC Twitter last week. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I was, I was thinking today, like, I was looking at a vending machine at my job. I started thinking about, man, I'm, I'm sure people on Twitter are probably making fun of people that have vending machines right now. Like, It's crazy. Like, oh, I wonder how you, how you feel about the vending machines now with, with the outbreak. Yep. Like, man. It's, it's sad, but what I found is, like, on Twitter – it's like the elite versus everybody else. And so you'll see Aisha tweet something and get a whole bunch of hate. And I didn't realize that they get as much as I get. So like Xavier, he gets a lot of people saying whatever they sell, whatever they say. So anytime you bring accountability and excellence and higher standards on the timeline, you're going to get a lot of hate and a lot of slander. And so the unfortunate thing about the timeline is it's a mixture of classes. And so we're all black, but we're not all of the same uh, cloth. I guess is what I'll say. And so, but on Twitter, we just all black. And so I try to wear a suit so they know I ain't like them. But on Twitter, we just all the same. And they just be like talking to you and thinking our ideas are going to line up. And it's like, my ideas are my ideas. So it's unfortunate that you uh, you don't agree, but that's just my ideas. And it's been working for me. I told somebody, I was like, these people on Twitter, they didn't make me. I didn't become who I was because somebody on Twitter co-signed me or somebody on Twitter said, like gave me advice. So why am I going to let these people on Twitter tell me what I'm not? Why am I going to let these people on Twitter just all of a sudden show up and they're the, the authority on authority? It's like, no, I'm the authority on me. And I've been doing damn right. I've been doing all right on Twitter and on the internet. They like to treat you like you're average. But in real life, it's not a lot of motherfuckers like me. <laughs> Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 inside money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. 
To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Yeah, I'm like, I was thinking about that though. Like, people trying to make fun of people, man. Like, oh, LLC, LLC, LLC Twitter, how y'all doing now and stuff like that. It's like, with the vending machines, it's not like, it's not like it was a bad decision you made. Like, it's just the times, the times are up. Like, yeah. If you made a sound investment, there's still gonna be rough times, but I would I tell people that like business owners don't become don't stop being business owners just because they hit rough times. Like that's how you got reserves. And even if you go lean for a while, you go lean for over time. The same thing is happening to employees. They're getting fired left and right. So are we gonna say, oh, you shouldn't have had that job? And maybe we do say it. But I tell people you gotta have both, man. You gotta have a business and you gotta have a working income until you can afford to not have a working income. And so I just feel like it just speaks to our immaturity. If you see somebody hit rough patches in the business, you're like, well, I wouldn't be in business. You're an idiot. People don't stop being investors because they lose money. They don't stop becoming business owners because times are slow. You just got to just change. But like there's some of us, I, I tweeted that it's not how you earn. It's not, it's not what you earn, but how you earn it. And so it's like, I would rather earn X off of somebody else's efforts than earn X off of my own efforts. And so at a lot of times it's like people always say it's not what you what you what you earn, it's what you keep. But Jeremy Johnson on black on the Black Men Building Wealth Conference, he said he's like, it's not what you earn, it's how you earn it. Right. So it's like, are you earning it through passive income? Are you earning it through owning a business? Are you owning it through all these different things? Are you owning it because you gotta go up and you gotta wake up and you gotta get on the train, and you gotta go sit in this office and have folks look at you like, how do you earn what you earn? Right, right, right. So you had this tweet, I think. A lot of people didn't really get understand this one. You said you gotta live rich before you get rich. Yeah. So the premise behind that tweet was I just I feel like you gotta get in the space. And like I feel like I've always kind of been that guy. Like I always have wanted to like I remember when I was I was working at Edward Jones, I was in Newport Beach. And I was like, hey, there's a Rolls Royce dealership. Let's go walk around the Rolls Royce dealership. Or I was in like San Diego and I had just finished taking like the insurance exam. And so I was like, I want to go walk through those condos. And so I walked through, I got a tour of the condos or like I went to a boat dealership. I was looking at the boats and like, it's important to get in that space because what happens is you're going to start asking questions. You're going to start seeing things. You're going to start getting exposed to things. And I think the exposure piece is one of those things that really talked to me because I was following uh, BT insurance and he made a point. He was like, he, before he kind of got on his journey, he was working for like a boat company. And when he was working at the boat company, somebody told him like, Hey, you're about to see the gap between the haves and the have nots. And he said that like, when he went over there, his mind was just blown. And I feel like I've kind of experienced that a lot through my life. Like I experienced it when my parents kind of did it. So like we would go and Maybe sometimes on Sunday after church, we're driving home, we go stop and look at like the really, really big homes. Or like we've always kind of like done things like that, like gone to Fashion Valley, gone to the higher end malls and done stuff like that. And so like I was exposed through them, but then I decided I want to start exposing myself. And so I just felt like you got to get in this space because it's like almost every successful or wealthy person has said that they've always known they're going to be wealthy. Like it isn't something that just kind of came upon them. Like they always knew. And I feel like I kind of, I didn't, I don't know. I've just always known that I, that's where I'm destined to go. And so like, that's why I do certain things because I know where I want to go. And so if there are certain things that don't align with getting there, I got to cut them off. Like I tried to watch things that are, that are, that are business oriented, that are finance oriented. Why? Because 
I would look at these things and I would ask the person. I remember I was walking through the apartment in San Diego. I was like, what kind of people own this stuff? It's like, oh, professionals, business owners, stuff like that. So I was like, okay, well, that's what I need to become. And that's what I need to become damn good at. And so that's kind of what I become. I, I reverse engineer success. I go see what I want. I see the people that are living there and how they're doing it. And I'm like, okay, that's what I got to become. And so that's what I work on becoming. And I think it's just kind of like a hack. Yeah. So, and what Charles is really getting at is uh, exposure. Like, go to the restaurants, stay at the hotels, you know, go to uh, go to these areas, these, like you said, the expensive stores. It doesn't, does it cause anything to browse? You go to the restaurants, these five-star restaurants or whatever, you go in there, you order a salad. Salad generally like one of the cheapest things there. You order a salad, you just sit there, you look around, and just soak it in. Yep. Going to golf clubs, doing stuff like that. What's interesting, though, and you mentioned this, is you do kind of want to look at the prices. Like, a lot of people, they don't think that if they're going to buy something, they should be going shopping. But, like, I kind of use it as, like, a motivation, kind of like a vision board thing. It's like if you don't even know – what's out there. You don't even know what you're aiming for. You don't even know what the goal is. Right. So you go and you're like, Hmm, they legit have watches that cost $30,000. You're going to stop doing low income activities. You're going to start trying to figure out ways for you to make 30 grand to spend on a watch. Right, right, right. And by the way, uh, since you mentioned him, uh, shout out to Brandon Thomas, uh, Brandon Thomas insurance. He was one of the speakers during the, uh, Batman Building Wealth Conference. Be sure to go to gumroad.com slash uh, Todd Capital. You still have the, the replay uh, for sale right now. Batman Building Wealth Conference. Got to get that 13 or 14 hours of straight content for some of the heavy hitters in the game. You got Andre Hatchett, Brandon, Brandon Thomas, like I said, uh, Anthony Hartsog of the Hartrimony. Um, some big hitters in there. Definitely pick that up. Um, so you also, speaking of like $30,000 watches, on the flip side, you also said knowing you can buy a Rolex is as good of a feeling as owning the Rolex. Yeah. Um, I just, I find it interesting because sometimes it can be tempting. A lot of people on the internet are like, man, I can't wait to get a Rolex. Or a lot of people are like, man, I'm buying a Rolex when I get this next property or whatever. And it could be tempting. It could be tempting, especially when you think you've made it. And a lot of people's definition of made it is two different things. But like my definition of making it is when it's permanent. And if I still got to get out there and get it, it's not permanent. And so for me, I just feel like knowing that you can get what you want is a lot better feeling than actually getting what you want sometimes. Um, Because that's ultimately what it is. A lot of times you buy something and like after you've had it, you're like, dang, what's next now? So like I've been buying some Yeezys and it's like you get some Yeezys, you're like, I need the next pair of Yeezys now. And so I could just imagine that that's kind of how it is with the Rolex, but the Rolex is such a large purchase that it's like, you know, I, I just like having pleasure and knowing that I could get it if I wanted it. Like, I'm not going to get it yet, but it's just kind of cool to know that if you wanted it, you could write a check for it. And I think that that's important. And also it's like, we got to stop glorifying the spending of money and, and start actually glorifying the investment of money. I think, uh, I forgot who said it's probably Dr. Boyce Watkins. And he was like, we got we to gotta change our mindset where we find satisfa- satisfaction investing and not, not so much on spending. And then also just realizing that like you're just buying into somebody else's brand, somebody else's vision. You're putting somebody else's logo on their last name on your body and then walking around as if you made it. And a lot of like Jews don't do that. Jews, they take the op- opposite approach. They would rather have the money than have the stuff. They rather know because, I mean, I was looking at like $10,000 Rolexes 
And like a $10,000 Rolex could solve a lot of problems. And you want to solve problems even if they haven't come up yet. Like you don't just want to like, like I was reading a book and it was like wealth is the ability to um, take advantage of opportunities and also solve problems. And so like a lot of people don't have enough money to solve their problems. So they run into a problem. It's a wrap. They need a new engine. It's a wrap. They need to pay tuition. $2,000 is a wrap. And I think that like we do that because we glamorize the feeling of getting stuff so much that we rob ourselves of security because people have made you insecure. People have made you think less of yourself and think much of their wealth, like Kanye says. And so people like, they just feel bad. So now they got to go buy expensive stuff so they can start feeling good. Not knowing that having 10 grand stash is a very empowering feeling. And it, and it allows you to walk a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You see people in the streets and you're like, I'm not tripping off of you. Like I got my own. I'm not, I'm not, looking at you to validate me anymore. I validated myself, but it's like, if you were always out there using stuff to validate you, you know what's going to happen? They're going to release another model. And now your model's not new enough anymore. And now you got to get a new one. Now you got to get a new Tesla. Now you got to get a new Rolex. Now you got to get a new stuff. But you know what doesn't change and get outdated? Money. Money don't ever get outdated. They don't have no new money coming out. You're like, I got to get the new money. Like, nah, like as long as you got the money, you're good. And, and that's a different kind of a struggle. Like, I feel like the the... I need to get more money struggle is way different than I need to get more stuff struggle because like Larry June says, he's like, he said his money got longer and his goals got bigger. And so that's okay. Like if you're just looking like, okay, I got X stashed. I need to have more stash. That's different than saying, I just got this. Now I need to buy another one. Cause you're literally right. going to zero and you're making money going back to zero. I don't want to go back to zero and I don't want anybody attached to me to ever go back to zero. Yeah, you gotta be careful with that one. Cause last week when I saw when I saw um what the affiliate money was gonna be that that coming Friday, one of the first thoughts came in my head is like, man, what can I buy with this? It was like <laughs> What do you think about buying? Um, I think the first the the first like silly not kind of silly thing was like some clothes. And then I was like, nah man, where am I going anyway? Like I'm gonna buy clothes and where am I going? You know? Right, right. Shoot shoes and stuff like that. I forget like, what else I'm saying. You just, you just need to get a Thai capital T and just rock the Thai capital T. You know, that's what I do. Right, be man. good, man. Yep. <laughs> Hustle for your last. Man, we got to get to a green screen. Yeah, I guess. Yep. It'll make, you know, we get a green screen and they wouldn't know anything at all. We would legit just look like super official. Right. You can start doing crazy stuff too. Like this is just the beginning. So. It's coming, folks. You're going to see us all over the place. So, let me ask you real quick. Let's bring back circumstances. Don't matter. Let's bring <laughs> back the barbershop chronicles for one minute. Let's update the folks on what's happening with the mobile barbershop. Yeah. So the mobile barbershop, man. Uh, so I think two weeks ago I was talking to the to the barber. I called him up on the phone and we were just talking. And he he talks as though we're cool and like he doesn't owe me a bunch of money. And uh, so. We're talking, and at the end of the conversation, he's just kind of telling me all the things that's going on with the barbershop. He's like, yeah, send me your cash app, and I'm going to send you some money. And I don't have a cash app. Um, they shut it down when I was doing the investment club because they were just like, what's going on? We don't know what's going on right here. And uh, so they kind of just – I haven't been able to get it set up again. It's really been confusing. And so that's when I hit up Rafael. I was like, Rafael, you have a cash app? Because I don't have a cash app. And then I realized – I remember my mom had – my wife had a cash app, and so we used her cash app. He still ain't sent no money. He never goes send no money. He just wants to keep delaying it to the point where it's disrespectful. And so what I did is I said, you know what? I'm not going to allow him to do that to me anymore. I'm going to figure out a way to make this, to, to get this myself. 
And so what I did is I was like, I need a business attorney that's in Georgia. And I re- realized that um, Jay Morrison's attorney, Janetta Pay, um, she's in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so I sent her a DM. I found, I tracked her down, I sent her a DM and then I booked a consultation with her and I had a conversation with her today. And we were just talking about like, I, I kind of gave her the rundown and she was saying like, basically we need to send him a default notice and let him know he's in default. So we have documents and paper trail. So we have a lease and we'll have a default notice. And then she was telling me we could just snatch the truck. She was like, if it's a, it's a vehicle, like, yeah, it's a barbershop, but it's also a vehicle. And so what happens when you default on a vehicle? They come and they snatch that joint. Mm. And so um, the only the only issue is that she was saying that if it's on private property, that might be a problem. And it is kind of on private property. It's on his parents' property right now, that according to him. But we have keys. And so I'm like, we might just hire somebody to go do it. Hire somebody. They get over there. But that'd be crazy. Isn't that crazy? Like, <laughs> you might just run out and try to shoot somebody, man. You over here got blood on your hands at that point in time. So I told her, I was like, my goal is to like, she was like, do you want the money or do you want to get the vehicle back? And I was like, you know, honestly, at first I told her I want the money. But then after we kind of talked some more, I was like, it's not even worth the hassle. Like I've realized I don't want to do business with certain people. And so there's certain people who have certain characteristics that I just got to walk away from. And when you're in the beginning phases of building your business, you tend to kind of be willing to partner with everybody. And these days I'm more realizing that I'm not just partnering with everybody, man. Like you gotta, you gotta meet certain criteria and being a thug disqualifies you. <laughs> I made an exception because he's a barber. And so I just kind of figured that like barber and thug go hand in hand, but like contractors, if you don't respond to text messages, you got fired before you got hired. So I have a contractor who was supposed to start work on Monday and he disappeared. I was like, what's going to happen when I send you money? You going to disappear too? Nah, you got to go, bro. I don't got time to be chasing people down. I need people who are reliable who are going to respond to text messages, who are going to be accountable, who are going to do what they need to do. And so that's just kind of where I am. It'd be so cool if we just flash certain tweets throughout the show. That'd be dope. Imagine if we had it preloaded and we just had like whatever the tweet was and we just like, boom. So then we can reference it. That'd be so dope. Look at us, technology. Um, and so that is so cool. I just can't get over how, how, fly, how crisp it is. Like it doesn't even look bad. It's like clear. Very clear. Shout out to to Zoom. Uh, So what was I going to say? That's the Chronicles. The goal is to, and I feel good because the reason why I was even able to have this conversation is because I had, um, I hired an assistant. Mm -hmm. And so I have the assistant over here taking care of filling the units and marketing for vending machines and marketing for more deals and everything I couldn't get to, but I needed to get to. And I pay her 600 bucks every two weeks. And the interesting thing about it is I was like, I paid her last week. And now I'm like, I got you for two weeks. I got a whole person that's going to help me get my business going. And she's qualified too. She's college educated. She's professional. She's run her own business. Like she adds value to the business. She's giving me ideas. She's like, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. It's dope. Mm. It's like, this is how a business is supposed to exist. And so um, I just... I just, I'm excited and it allows me, I think I had, we were talking about this on the last podcast, how it's like, it's not my job to talk to tenants anymore. It's not my job to talk to contractors anymore. It's my job to talk to bankers and attorneys and CPAs. That's what you're supposed to do when you're a boss. Because if I'm not talking to bankers, I can't expand the business. If I'm not talking to attorneys, I can't protect the business. If I'm not talking to CPAs, I can't structure the business. And that's what you do. When he said a business and investing or team sports, that's what he was talking about. He was talking about 
your banker, your lawyer, your accountant. And so those are the people I need to be talking to. And then I'm just talking to my down people. And what's dope about that is at that point in time, I'm just getting briefed by one person. I'm not chasing around a bunch of people. And so mm. we're just, we're making progress, man. We're making this thing even better. We're investing in so much stuff. Should have my media going, running a bunch of ads. I'm excited about where we are. Like I told people, if you give a boss money, he's going to hire employees and put people on and market more. I spent like, I, I, I gave money to like four African-American owned media companies earlier today to work on advertising for my business. And it felt good because I felt like it was an investment in the community. And it's like, it's not even a loss to me. I'm like, here, here's the money that I got to pay you to get what I need to get. And we all win here. And it felt good to be growing my business by also contributing to others. And it's good to help her too. Of course, she's African-American. I was like, you know how many black people I pay or help in some capacity? But how many people do the Twitter haters help? None. Every day I get a Every day I get a message from somebody saying that I changed their life. How many people do the Twitter haters get? How many people do the smart people? Because there's people who do what I do, who trade options, who invest, but they're not helping people do it. They're pretty much just like, look how much money I made. We out here making the options money during Corona, but they didn't help anybody actually get a bag. That's lame to me. Like the community wins when we all win. I can't even win if Raphael's not winning. I can't even win if all these people aren't winning. Like, that's not winning. Jay-Z said it. If everybody's broke except for you, you ain't rich. So you got to put everybody else on. Right, right, right. And we, we, we're not winning if Donald Voice is a winner. Exactly. We do this stuff on purpose. Like, on purpose. Bread, everybody, all the homies, man. Yeah. Now, what's good about you having this um, assistant uh, that's here in the U.S. too? Is he not... It's not somebody a whale in the Philippines that you're paying these little pennies, but they, they, they barely speak English and they don't yep. really they don't really know like the culture. They might speak English and understand English, but they don't know the nuance. Yeah. 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 Honestly, it was hard for me to get a, a a virtual assistant. I was trying to get her on board and it just seemed like more work than it was worth. It is actually helpful to do business with somebody that who knows you. And so like the person I'm doing who's my assistant, like I've, we've known each other online for a long time. And so she's seen like the business grow and expand. Mm-hmm. And she also kind of knows my tendencies. And even when Candace was doing a lot of stuff, she got like a boyfriend. So she kind of fell off, but like she was able to literally post constant on Instagram in my voice. Like she just knew the stuff that I would say. I don't know where she was pulling it from, but she was. And even you, like you posted some stuff and it's like, bro, like he knows the, how the Charles, the Charles talk. So <laughs> yeah, 100%, I think it's important to, and it's going to cost you more. It's not going to be like slave wages, mm-hmm. but it's still fair. I'm not underpaying her, but I'm also not making her rich. But I'm also giving her a lot of experience. So she's learning. Um, right. She mentioned that today. She's like, I'm learning a lot of stuff just from doing this. Right, right, right. We're dope, though. We got, we, we're marketing for, we got postcards for the vending machines. Mm-hmm. We got postcards for the houses. And I told her, I was like, what we're going to do is we're going to mail out the postcards and we're also going to follow up with the cold caller. So we're going to be hitting them. I need deals and I'm not going to get my deals coming through wholesalers. I got a deal from a wholesaler today. It was a Detroit duplex. The market, the rents were like five fifty, and he was asking like 48 grand for it. The problem is it's probably worth like 48. And so these wholesalers are literally giving you market prices. I was like, I was like, who do these wholesalers think they are? They think they're real estate agents. Cause that ain't a wholesale. A wholesale deal is if you buy shirts at wholesale, that means there's profit in there left for you. These wholesalers are taking all the profit and bringing you a deal like, I mean, you could bump up the rents. I mean, 
you could in five years it'd be worth more money. Like, no, it should be worth mm-hmm. money on one. You make money when you buy. And right. so that's why I hate wholesalers. And that's why we are own wholesalers now. Every time I make a podcast, I get inspired. Every time I interview somebody on a podcast, I take a gem from that podcast and I incorporate it into my plan. So the whole idea of going after and getting your own deals came from the dude who was still getting deals in Philadelphia, despite what's going on. He was like, I'm getting the deals because I go directly to the seller. The whole idea of even what I'm doing now with business credit came from the, the podcast I just recorded last week and just dropped today of the guy who had multiple LLCs and um, he just got a hundred grand in, in business credit for each. So that's kind of where I'm headed. I'm like, I need business credit. So I got to set up all that stuff. And while she's over here doing all the business stuff, I can start working on my business credit. I couldn't do it when I'm over here chasing down tenants. I couldn't do it when I'm over here trying to fill a unit. I couldn't do it when I'm over here trying to market for deals and get these vending machines in the street. But now we got some folks on the squad. We're going to get it done. Yep, yep, yep. And up next is uh, acquisitions manager. Yeah, yep. I need somebody to just, exactly, just vet deals. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. So you said um, low income activities are bad for your health because of your time and energy, and then the time you spend recovering from engaging in those activities. Right. Um, I forgot what I was doing. Oh, oh, this is what it was. So on Saturday, I decided I wasn't going to run the vending machine route because I'm on the rotation where I have, so we have, we have like eight locations Four of those are post offices. So they're not impacted. We can still service those. The other ones are in a school, a warehouse, a sheriff station and a, and a nursing home. So the nursing home is closed. Well, not really closed, but it's shut down kind of the, um, like when I went there last time, the door was locked. So the nursing home is quasi closed. The warehouse is absolutely closed. The school is closed. The sheriff station is still open. And so my strategy is just to hit the sheriff station when I hit the other post offices. But what I realized is the day that I didn't have to go and run the route, I was over here finally getting a chance to look up all the stuff I needed to get. So I needed labels for the front of the vending machines that are like the service type labels. I need to see if Sheridan can hook those up for me. And then... Um, what else? And I was also looking at the card readers. And so I started like looking at how to actually get the card readers. I went on eBay and I found out the parts aren't that expensive. You're paying for the labor. And so I realized I was able to make a lot of, a lot of progress. I started looking at deals on connected investors. I was looking at deals on getting a truck. I called somebody about getting a truck and actually talked to them about the financing. I um, was looking at getting a food truck because one of my, one of my ideas is to take a successful restaurant in Watts and put it on a truck because it's, once you do that, it's a wrap. They just don't have the vision for it yet. But if we put that restaurant, that they have customers out the door. Because if you put it on a truck, you can take it anywhere. So if we decide we want to go take it and put it over by Culver City Mall, or we want to go put it near Hollywood or put it near wherever, we're just going to be making crazy bread. So that's one of my ideas. I found a truck, it's like 15 grand. So the goal would be to like figure out a way to get financing for it. But I couldn't do that when I was running the streets. And this is why I tell people that I need my time. If I can have my time, then I can use my intellect to make even more money because my mind is worth a lot more than my, my physical abilities because 
of the content I in, intake, the books I read, the knowledge and degrees that I've acquired, my knowledge is worth money. My time and my manpower, we can, we can pawn that out. The time and manpower, we get somebody, some little kid to get, to get that done. But I also realized that like on the days that I'm out there running the streets, you get back home and you got to chill for a while. So not only is it, not only is it the time that you spend doing it, it's the time you drive getting there, the time you drive getting back, the energy it takes. I was telling my wife, cause we went to the, we went to the doctor and our doctor's pretty close to the house. And I was like, whenever we come here, we get here really early because it's not a big drive. And so sometimes if you have a commute, you got to mentally prepare for the commute because it's work. A commute is work. And so that means a lot of times people leave the house late because they're just putting off that commute. They're procrastinating. They're like, I don't feel like right. driving. Right. I don't feel like having to leave. Like it's just, it takes energy. And so when you live closer to work or you live close to what you have going on, it's way different. You can you get there early and you hustle through it. So that's just kind of where I am. It's not just the activity. It's also the recovery. Like we already know low income activities aren't going to help you get to the wealth, but it also stretches outside of the boundaries of just that activity itself. So it's taking over a lot of your time. Yeah, the long commutes, man. Forget it. This had a recruiter call me last week. I was like, where's the location? And then he looked it up. It was like an hour driving. I'm like, I kind of cut it short right there. I was like, it's probably a no for me, man. It's man. probably a no for me because just an hour driving. It's, uh, that's so long to be, to be driving. And one thing I don't like about driving is that you're limited in what you can do. Like you can't, you can't read, you yep. can't write. One thing about a, a commute, if you're taking public transportation, you could read a book or you could write a book. You know what right. I'm saying? You can be more productive. I mean, there's things you can do in the car too. You can listen to something good, but it's a little different. But, um, you know, you said folks selfish, fam. They pay money for knowledge and hoard it at, as if there isn't an abundance of money for us all. I mean, it's self-explanatory. I think I kind of touched on this earlier, but like, I, I feel like, and what I'm realizing is a lot of people who have knowledge, they feel as though that knowledge makes them special. And so they won't, they don't want other people to have that knowledge. Now, what's interesting is other communities, they share that knowledge. And so they have more of them that have wealth. And so like a lot of the stuff that I'm teaching people, like Jewish people probably teach their kids for free. They just like put them on game, like, bro, like this is how the stock market works. This is how buying a house works. This is how real estate investing works. And they just put them on game. It's not like a bunch of hidden information because they're trying to outdo the next man. We, as a culture, have a scarcity mentality. We think there's only enough wealth for one of us. And unfortunately, integration did that. Integration puts a quota on black success. And so what happens is before integration, everybody could have a successful business. It just couldn't be the same successful business. You can have a tailor. You can have a seamstress. You can have a baker, you can have a pharmacist, a doctor, a lawyer, and they're all black and they're not competing against each other. They actually complement each other. However, now that everybody is white, now we're just competing to be the first black. We're just competing to be that 10% where at Google, it's like 1% of their employees are black or Facebook, one of the two, because they have a quota and they do it on purpose. They do it because they want to keep their communities, their own culture. And that's why schools, they might have a few African-American people, but it's not like predominantly African-American. It's not 50% African-American. It's not what people thought when they were getting integration. People thought integration was, it's going to be 50-50. Half black people, half white people. What it actually looks like is 99% white people, 1% black people. So the problem with that is that we're foregoing building up our own to hopefully be that 1%. Like, I hope I'm just that 1%. 
instead of saying like, bro, like why shouldn't it be the opposite? They don't have just 1% of their community successful. They got 90% of their community successful or 55% of their community successful. Why don't we think the opposite? And so I think you get there by giving value, sharing information. And that's what Chris does. People will herald Chris because he gives it to them people at an affordable price. Like he's selling this content for like 40, 35 bucks recently. You can't not buy his content. And I feel like that's why he makes a lot of money because he positions himself to not, to not, so that you can't not buy from him. And so I just feel like we got to be able to, to share the world. And that's the beauty of the podcast. There's so many people that have been put on by the podcast because it's free and it's game and it's helpful. A lot of people, they can tune in if they have questions about how to get involved in real estate, how to get involved in all this other stuff. They can do it because we're circling the information. We're not hiding it. We're not hoarding it. And the crazy part about it is the people who share it tend to only grow bigger. Like your platform grows bigger. Your impact grows bigger. The more that I give, the more that I grow. The more that I help, the more that I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy, this is the guy that gets... He's definitely getting his business advice from Dr. Seuss. You're right. Uh, <laughs> last tweet, I think. These days, if I can spend the money and get the result, I'm spending that money. The yeah. YouTube and Google free stuff will keep you spinning your wheels years later. So you could have just got the game from an expert and been on. 100%. I feel like, um, and especially if it's good information, unfortunately, some people... They have courses out there that are just feeders into you working with them one-on-one, which I think is lame. Um, but like if I can, especially in the era of Gumroad, where you can pretty much get information for low, low cost, a lot of stuff on Gumroad is like 50 to 100 bucks. It's not like you're spending like a whole fortune to get the information. And so I'm like, you know, with business credit, if I can get, if I got to pay you $2,000 to get my business credit set up, and that's going to give me access to $100,000 which is then going to allow me to buy whatever assets I want. I would rather do that than go out here and try to spin my wheels. Because the thing is, is I actually tried to do it. I tried to get my business credit set up like last year and I just messed it all up. I didn't do it right at all. I got the capital one cards you're not supposed to get. I ended up like buying roofs and putting all this other crazy stuff on there and kind of getting behind the eight ball. And so now like I've cleared all that up and I'm like, Hey, I've cleared it all up. I'm going to work with an expert this time. I'm not going to try to do it myself. I'm going to work with somebody who this is what they do, period. Because the thing is, is what, what people don't realize is you only know your circumstance, but somebody who is in this space, they've seen everybody's circumstances. And so you're not unique to them. You're just another number. And so whatever your problems you're facing, not only have they seen it before, they've solved it before. Your problem to you is unique. You're like, I've never seen this before. I don't even know what's going on. And so I tell my parents this about all the time about getting a financial advisor. I was like, you don't realize like a financial advisor, they not only have seen your account, they've also seen how other people have been successful. So if you want to be successful, go to them because they're going to help you get to that point as opposed to you just spinning your wheels because all you know is what you know. You haven't looked at a million other circumstances and scenarios and seen ways to overcome. So work with somebody and pay them. It's just, it's like the reason why I'm at a point where I'm just, I'm, I'd rather pay to have people do stuff for me is because I'm gonna get a better product. Like in the beginning, it made sense just for me to kind of pull it together. Now it's like, bro, like if you wanna get good branding, work with somebody who that's all they do is branding and they will get good branding. Instead of you trying to be the good branding, you need to be focused on talking to bankers, lawyers, and accountants, period. That's all they need to be doing and finding deals and talking to people about how I can get these big deals accomplished instead of just in the weeds trying to create a website. Just pay somebody the money to get a website and it'll be done good and move on. Right, 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 right. Uh, speaking of, that's like um, 
for those who need business credit, just you can check out Irene Day, Hannah Financial. She's got a, a whole suite for like $2,000 to get your, your business credit right. Or if mm -hmm. you don't have that much, I think she has a master class for 47. And so speaking of that, like the YouTube and Google free stuff, I mean, that's why it's good to pick 97 bucks right now. Is it still 97 or is it one back to 110 for the uh, options? It's back, it's, it's back to 110. Back to 110. But even at 110, the options trading workshop from uh, Todd Capital, people are paying 110 bucks, which is less than one paycheck. You can pay, use one paycheck to pay for that and still have money left over and pick up a right. skill that you can use for the rest of your life. And people are making big money with this month, with the, with this course that they pay 110 at the most, at the most, because you're still running sales from time to time. <laughs> people are paying 110 for the course. I'm making a thousand off the first trade. Some of them make it three thousand. They're out there killing it, man. People out here making seven grand. Somebody made twenty three thousand last week. Mm. So save yourself some time, people. Instead of trying to Google all the first, you first you got to search for the topic. Then you got to guess and decide which one looks like it. It's gonna be good. Then you gotta sit there and watch through the whole thing, sit through the, the 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 jargon, and you don't know what you don't know the stuff already. So how do you decide which one is good? You know these free videos. So you gotta watch the whole thing to get one little nugget. And you gotta watch another one and watch another one and read. And you gotta piece it together yourself. Just pay the money and buy and buy a course. It's so true. Um, I've had people tell me like, yeah, I've been trying to get it off of. Uh, YouTube and it's just not working for me. So I'm here and I watched your video and I, I got it in one video. <laughs> it's right. tough. YouTube, sometimes it's over, it's overcomplicated. It can be dry. It can be boring. Like I've tried and I'm just like, this is lame. I don't want to watch this. So yeah, there's a reason why we've sold as many as we have and people are having success and that's because it works. Yeah, so people shortcut shortcut the process a little bit. You know, make life easy on yourself. You can find the courses, the options trading. You can find the stock market fundamentals if you don't know anything about the stock stock market. Um, long distance long distance real estate investing that's still in there too. Yeah, um, we got everything in there. Vending machine business, it's all in there from Todd Capital. You either go to toddcapital.co or gumroad.com/toddcapital. Get in there, get your course, man. Pick up the skill. Less than a week. And it's lit. And it's lit. And we will have all the links in the show notes. Make it nice and easy for you. Just click on it and go pick up a course, man. Like Charles said, it's lit. And with that, we're going to take it on out. So shout out to the friends of the show, investasateam.com, official merch of Building Generational Wealth. Shout out to Erica Williams, Terry Ijeoma. Shout out to some of the past guests, Chris Johnson, Xavier Miller, mm. 17th Watches. We already shout out Down to the Voice. Down to the Voice, of course, with the editing. More and more to come from Todd Capital. Keep your eyes out. We got to put together an advanced trading options course. A lot of people ask advanced questions. They're like, oh, do you do this? Do you do that? And I'm like, if y'all don't just learn the fundamentals right now, <laughs> so we'll, get, we'll get some advanced stuff in there and it'll be fun. It'll be like a a quick little lecture and that will be updated for free. We're going to charge for that, but it'll be fun. I have to, I have to get in the lab for that one. Mm. Yeah. So 
episode 41, Raphael and Charles. Oh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me, Raphael, at Work Money Life. Follow Charles at Todd Billion. You know, follow, us, follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles at Partner with Millie and at Todd.Capital. Come get this game for the low. Okay. <laughs> That's but a bar. Raphael and Charles, Tweet Talk, episode 41. We are out. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast, featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag, you know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk Podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm going to give you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And so this is the week of April the 13th, 2020. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.